When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? Mike here from the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and you're about to listen to a uh, live stream I did. I do the two to three week, two to three a week live streams over on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/atGTEFantasy. You can catch these live. You can ask your questions, all that good stuff. It's about 20 minutes long. I break down some of the bigger questions I have in terms of the lineups, or some of the stuff I've noticed. Not even questions, but things I've noticed. Not to mention some pitching notes and other stuff as well. So check it out. Hope you enjoy the concept, and I hope you enjoy the podcast version. But again, if you want the videos and all the other stuff that goes along with it, check out the YouTube channel. jump right into the braves here so the good news is is uh i got these ready and i have to move myself off this here but uh so we have the braves well i've noticed so far in the braves and again we're talking about five things this in this episode five big things i've noticed and like a couple extra little notes i threw in there so maybe it's more than five but the five big things so far early takeaways here i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh Harris and Albies likely to bat fifth through seven range most of the time, at least to start the year. I thought there was a chance that they would maybe alternate or platoon in the two spot because Swanson left kind of left the hole. But it looks like they're filling it with Matt Olson. We've seen Matt Olson hit there, I think, two or three times already. And the thing, what stands out about that is that Matt Olson, I believe, started last year uh, in that area, in that range. So what's happening here is that uh, Matt Olson's likely to bat second, which is great. You know, more plate appearances, a little less RBI, more run opportunity, et cetera. But this team's going to be loaded and hit from top to bottom, so not too worried about the RBIs. However, Harris and Albies aren't going to get that two spot, it seems, at least off rip. One can hit their way up or earn it. We do have Albies returning from some offseason surgery. He's going to DH for the time being. So, obviously, he'll plug into the second uh, second base spot. And once he plugs into the second base spot, we'll probably see Ozuna, Darno, those guys factor into the DH role more. Intriguing here, we have uh, Sean Murphy batting fourth. Sean Murphy batting fourth is just, it's higher than expected if he actually sticks with it. I, I, that's to be determined. We still have some, t- you know, some time here, but um, roster resource, I'm pulling it up right now. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess there was a thought that maybe, you know, Rosario, Ozuna, could factor into that four spot. Murphy was kind of, and maybe even Harris moving up. We kind of expected Murphy to bat closer to the bottom third of the lineup, maybe six, seven range. So him batting fourth would be a great boost to his production, especially because he's losing, losing some of that, those plate appearances by losing some of those plate appearances from just overall playing time. Cause the A's were using him, abusing him, got, got him over 600 plate appearances. I think he makes up, for, I think Sean Murphy makes up for that in terms of volume, in terms of, or not sorry, in terms of, quality so he's giving up quantity for quality he had like 30 something i think it was like 32 or 38 doubles something stupid crazy high last year only 18 home runs i think some of those doubles go over the fence here now that he plays in atlanta in a more favorable division as a whole except for miami and uh i do think murphy just has better lineup protection and gets plenty of production 
despite losing what's going to be a quite a few plate appearances this year. Um, Vaughn Grissom looks to be having the early edge of shortstop. My only concern here, and the reason why I voiced some concern on Twitter for those who might follow me there, was because of a full-on interview at The Athletic with the actual GM really talking up Arcia and not talking up as highly about Grissom. And I think he was just maybe setting us up for like, hey, be ready for the fact that Arcia might start start shortstop because maybe he was hoping or hedging those bets on Grissom being ready. But Ron Washington has spoke nothing but good and good about him and praise about him. So Grissom playing shortstop from day one might be likely, should be likely. I mean, I always knew he had the better skills. It was just a matter of can he pick up on shortstop after playing second base and having not the best metrics there last year as well. So all things considered, all things considered here with uh, Grissom is just a matter of he should play shortstop, but will is there a chance that he doesn't type it? And I don't foresee that being an issue. I think he takes it and runs with it. Um, now, for those messaging, I, re- I am reading your messages. Arthur says that he can see this line sticking. So can I. I this is uh, I'm not doing this on StreamYard. I'm doing this on OBS. So I got to learn if I can make you know, your comments pop up, but I will read them out loud. So um, for those listening to the recording, I'm doing these again. This is the live stuff on, on YouTube that I'm doing. So youtube.com slash at GTE fantasy for those who want to watch it. I got stuff on the screen to talk about all the stuff, etc. But anyway, Eddie Rosario, can we, can, he could see again. That's why I wrote down in the notes. Eddie Rosario can see again. Um, will he be able to hit lefties? That's another question. I mean, can't really say that he will, but uh, he will, should bat against righties, should play every day against righties. And if you can see again, can we expect the bounce back? It's the same idea that, like, because he was who he was. You know, Eddie Rosario was kind of steady, consistent. It was like steady Eddie, you know. Uh, then the eye issues happened. He wasn't quite the same hitter, but does he have that little bit of a bounce back potential in him? I would say so. And he should get the strong side of a platoon at the very least. I do think he will platoon, though. So just know that you're getting Eddie Rosario most likely in a strong side platoon, which is still valuable, but just not as valuable if he was getting a full-time role because he does struggle against lefties. And Ozuna's still in the picture. Ozuna actually made a point to get stronger in the offseason with his arm throwing arm. So we'll see him factor into the outfield maybe a little more. At least his idea was to get stronger with the throwing arm so he could play the outfield a little better and probably get some more playing time that way. But we can move on from the Braves over let's see who do we want to go to next let's go with the white socks shall we so we have with the white socks me not in the way this time okay cool um so this lineup came out yesterday and it looked pretty strong i liked what i saw here and ultimately this seems very likely to stick luis robert and ben attendee could flip-flop spots but that top three seems likely to begin the year especially against lefties we could see Elvis Andrews and Ben Tandy maybe flip-flop against lefties because Andrews has moved up at least with the A's last year he would move up against lefties and has better splits against left-handed pitching so Andrews could factor in towards the top of that lineup against them um, against against lefties sorry excuse me but all, all things considered, I think the big question here is what about Oscar Colas? And you can see what I put on the screen here. I have all of it written down for those watching. Um, I'm going to read it out loud, though. Obviously, he's not in the 40-man. It's a big hurdle to clear. Should be able to clear that. No reason why Colas can't clear being put on the 40-man sooner than later. It's just a matter of will they put him on it. Now, limited sample in the upper minors. We uh, discussed that a little bit. or uh, We haven't discussed that, but that's part of my concern here. Just 258 play appearances between AA and AAA. They might want to see more. And because in AAA, when he got that small sample, we saw Colas's K-rate spike. There's no reason why they won't say, you know what, let's go see what he can do. Now, strong start to spring training. I say strong start, seven plate appearances. Not, it's a small sample of a small sample of a small sample. Not nearly enough to take away from it, not to mention quality of pitching is probably lesser. All things considered, Colas looks like the odd man out right now. 
until, but that could change via injury. This team isn't known to stay healthy. This can change via performance. If Colossus really has a strong spring, he's going to be hard-pressed to not uh, break camp. But it might come also as an early call-up in the season. So I'm not exactly out on Colossus. I just don't know if we should be expecting him to break camp right now. The next team on this list of my big five for today is, let's find it here. We're going to pull up the Angels. The Angels flashed this lineup yesterday as well or two days ago sorry it was against a lefty so although against righties i don't see it changing much my question is is where is luis where is luis ringifo going to play for this team i have a hard time buying into the fact that this is going to be a spot that he can take on and run with it's shortstop his metrics were terrible last year and they don't need his bat necessarily, but not to mention his splits against righties were bad. So although this is a lineup against lefties, I think this is the type of lineup we'd see against righties. Insert Walsh in at first base. Against lefties, put Drury at first base, knock Lamb out. Rangifo has really strong splits against lefties last year. He should be getting a shot to play at second base more so than not, I would think. Unless they really want to have Drury strictly be a second baseman. That's something that isn't really discussed because, well, I don't think anybody really assumed it was ever going to be... Um, anything else you know I, I think we all just assumed Rangifo would be or Drew would kind of move around but we'll see we'll see I think Rangifo's playing time is far from secured and I think he's being drafted as if he's a secure player a secure like fixture in this lineup I don't think that's the case so that's three down we have a few more to go I put it in the notes I think I'm going to talk about more than what I want to talk about with this team because this team's really intriguing to me but what we have here is a and you can almost hear it. What, what I have here is uh, Marmol's information, Marmol's comments from yesterday's game about Brendan Donovan. I found Donovan to be very intriguing in terms of having a couple home runs. Rob DiPietro was the first person I saw posted on Twitter. I'm sure others did as well. I actually did see other people mention it. But Rob DiPietro did post on Twitter. I went ahead and found the clip and cut it so we can share it today. So shout out to him at Deadpool Hitter for those who aren't following. Great follow, smart dude. Marmol was mentioning that Donovan, among other players, made a point to adjust in the offseason, made a point to alter their alter their um, approach. Well, with that said, we had Donovan have a couple home runs this spring already. Why that matters, and again, stats don't matter. But stats like this, when I say stats don't matter, it's within context, right? A couple home runs from a guy who only hit, what, like five all of last year? I think I'm being generous here. I'm going to pull it up to be certain. Part of live streaming is having to be able to do this on the fly, right? This is fun. Um, but... Part of, so, yeah, he had five last year. Uh, five last year, and then six if you include AAA. And we're talking across over 500 play appearances, like, like 520, 530 play appearances. He's already has two this spring. Why that matters is because the approach change appears to be into effect. And I'm going to let you hear what exactly Marmol said about it. I think it's important to hear the manager speak upon stuff. So I'll move myself all the way so we can watch some baseball. If I could press play, that'd be great. It's fun when you see these guys, they go into the offseason with something specific that they're wanting to work on, being able to do a little bit more damage pull side while not getting away from his ability to use the whole field and spray it to the backside. And uh, he's done it twice now where he's just really taken a, a, a strong swing and uh, got the ball off the ground, and that's a, that's a really good one. So what we had was the manager himself speaking on this, uh, speaking on Donovan. Although I think it was O'Neill up to bat or whatever, right there, or somebody was. I wasn't really paying attention who was batting there. Those quotes were about Brandon Donovan. That's why I want to emphasize that Brandon Donovan uh, is worthy of your attention. Now, I want to talk about the Cardinals as a whole because I'm intrigued here. I think what we have from the Cardinals, and it shouldn't be overstated, but the Cardinals. It's like Tommy Emmon has been leading off. 
one we've only seen him lead off against um one righty so far, but that was with Lars Newbar not in the lineup. We already know when Lars isn't in or if anyone else is in, Edmonds usually second to get a shot at leading off against righties. It's the career numbers against righties that always scared me off. But just like anything else, you show me something different, I'm willing to adapt. Edmund so far has only let off. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen Edmund and Lars in a lineup together against a righty this spring. So hopefully we get that outlook. So we have an idea if we should really expect Edmund to lead off full time or not. Edmund led off for a good part of last year, lost the leadoff spot in the second half. Lars Newbar ran with it. Newbar did slow down against righties, but Newbar did lead off over Edmund for a good portion and into the playoffs. The playoffs matter. I think that matters a lot. It speaks volumes. When a player leads off into the playoffs over another player, especially against righties, two righties, Lars Newbar led off against both of them. That's what gives me the optimism that Lars Newbar will, if nothing else, move up against righties. But Edmund, so far again, has been the guy. So I'm willing to go ahead. Obviously, I, I, I've, I've been last year, I was really vocal against Edmund. This year, I've just not been in on him just because I like to get my stolen bases prior to that. But he's been a great fallback option for stolen bases. And and if he is going to lead off more times than not to start the year, I'm willing to give him a second, another look, especially be a little more optimistic and a little more, maybe even make a point to get him on a team or two. I just was always worried about the, uh, the power isn't anything special. The, the runs in RBI were going to take a big hit batting ninth. And if he's going to lead off, even if it's only for a month or a month and a half again, we're still talking about a guy who will play his way into a lot of play appearances and move up the lineup against lefties, probably continuing off against lefties. But this, I think it's like a 95 WRC plus and a 701 OPS for his career, Edmund, that is, against righties. And if he can't fix that or correct that, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to stick as a leadoff hitter against righties. So that's where my concern is. But again, I'm willing to... I can ignore my bias if we're being shown something else. Otherwise, to the contrary. And um, so, yeah, that's why this is the live tracker that I do for the Patreon. For those interested, patreon.com slash GT Fantasy. This is part of the uh, breakout tier, which is, I think, $5 a month, where I do all my news and notes. And um, obviously, I'm sure I'm going to show some as necessary. And this is like, uh, let's see, we're going to go to, I have to update the team pages, but we can see that my point being, we have Edmund here and we have... Uh, new bar here. This was against a lefty though, and then against a righty, we saw Edmund lead off, but we don't have any. Um, but we didn't have Newbar in the lineup. I'm just waiting to see how Newbar factors in with all these guys. Newbar against a lefty uh, against a righty yesterday. Donovan led off with Newbar batting second. Edmund was not in the lineup, so it gives you an idea of what we're looking for, what we're watching for here. Spring. Uh, let's get to. I think anything else about this? Oh, and oh, and obviously left. We've seen center field play out funny. So if you look at the center field spot. You have O'Neal, O'Neal, and then yesterday you had Lars. Maybe Newt Barr is just getting some reps there. They want to see what they have before he loses. It goes to the WBC. That's what people were commenting on Twitter about. Very, very much so. Possibly the potential of, of that happening. But I don't know what they're feeling. Because like, Carlson was supposed to be in a competition for center field. He has yet to even play center field. I'm going to pull up today's. Let's pull up today's uh, lineups and see if he's on there. See if he's in center field today. Where is it? Center field, center field, center field, center field. Tyler O'Neal again. Carlson and Wright. Today is Tuesday the 28th. Carlson has yet to start in center field. If it's a competition, why is he not starting in center field? And it's against a lefty. We don't have Edmund in the lineup, but we have more Brendan Donovan at the top. Donovan's also another guy that can factor in. We saw him hit the top of the order last year. But O'Neill's been steady in the two spot, mostly against lefties, though. So, And that's something we also saw him move up against lefties last year. I could do a whole day of just – I could probably just go through these lineups and talk about them, to be honest, but we're not going to do that right now. That's a whole other live stream. I would take, that's pretty much my whole write-up for the day because what I do is I'm going to take this, start doing my, my, my lineup, my, my, my breakdowns for the day. Yepes playing first base. I think that's eligibility watch there. Granted, it's Goldie's spot, but, you know, he could be the who gives Goldie that day off, obviously. 
Um, I'm looking over here. Obviously, you're looking <laughs> on my on my monitors. It's on this monitor. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is a team that just intriguing. And then so my my whole point of Carlson playing a corner outfield spot is that they've obviously been prepping Jordan Walker to play the outfield. And Walker's been showing out in spring so far. Carlson has to hold him off. Carl, I think it's Carlson's spot to lose right now in the corner. Lars Newbar and O'Neill center and the other corner. So Walker, although he's not on the 40 man, that's the big one. I do think at the very least he's a early call up. And I know that's not breaking news or anything, but I think it's Carlson that's most likely to lose his job in the outfield. They do have Alec Burleson also to that factors in and Yepes obviously who can factor in. So there's just so much depth there that even Lars isn't I don't think he's even safe necessarily. I think it's I think he has a longer leash than Carlson. I think he has a longer leash than O'Neill at this point. Or maybe not if O'Neill's a center fielder because they need his glove, et cetera, whatever. But my point is is that I don't think any outfielder is necessarily safe when it comes to playing time, especially given the depth that this team has. So you got to keep that in mind when you're drafting center field or outfielders for this team. And for those watching on YouTube, if you drop a comment, I will answer your questions. I will talk about them. If you have a question about playing time or a player, hit me up. Glad I get to them. But other than that, we're going to keep moving along. Let's get to close my notes down. This whole live stream thing, I got to get back to getting comfortable or used to doing it. Um, the Cubs third base spot. Let's put this live tracker back up and get the Cubs third base spot, shall we? Where did I put it? Oh, it's right here. Goodness gracious. All right. So let's talk about the Cubs third base. So I um, noticed that we have yet to see through four lineups. Was it four or five? It might be five because I think they had a split squad yesterday. Through five spring lineups, we have not uh, seen Morel. I don't even know if it's a point to even show this. I only have two lineups here, and then there's three lineups I have to update this with. I, I'm going through and updating this all today from this week's stuff. But um, Cubs, 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 Chicago, up, up, up. So the Cubs. What we have here is we've had four lineups, five today. I already looked at today's, and Morel is yet to start at third base. It's been Patrick Wisdom for two of them, Nick Madrigal for two of them, and Edwin Rios for one. That tells me that they don't plan on having Morel at third base, right? Like, I know it's early, so that can still change. Morel will play via utility. Last year, we saw him move around the infield plenty. I think he played, or I'll look it up to be exact. I know Morel played various positions last year. Um, why is it not popping up? When I type in Morel, it's supposed to pop up. Fangraphs, you're killing me here. Morel played I'm, I, center field, second base, third base, shortstop, DH, left field. Take away DH, he played five positions last year. That has value on this team. This team is deeper than it's been, uh, at least deeper than it was last year. So Morel is going to have to adapt. It's the strikeouts. He came from you know double A and triple A the year before, striking out around 25% of the time, give or take. That last year, it spiked at 32%. We know he has the skills. We know he's young. Morel can play various spots. That utility role is going to keep him on in the lineup and on the roster. I just don't know if an everyday role is in the cards without an injury here, unless they're just f- feeling it out. I mean, that, that there is an option that there is a, there is a situation where they're filling out their other options, and then we'll see Morel slot into third base as spring training goes on. Morel is not going to just not play third base. I think they want to see what they have here and what they have to offer in terms of third base, third baseman. I have a question here or fifth. For, okay. Third base, yeah, fifth for Harris. I, that's not a bad spot at all. Fifth, sixth in that range. I think it'll be like fifth or sixth again most days, but like seventh against lefties because we know the lefty splits weren't great last year. So he's going to play every day. It's just um, batting fifth is great RBI spot. It's better than batting, what, seventh, eighth, where he batted most of last year. It's Grissom that's going to take a hit with the playing time, not playing time, the uh, plate appearances, batting bottom of the order and all that. But Harris himself, yes, Harris, I like where he's batting. So third place magazine, thanks for the comment. I wish I can learn how to, I don't know if I can highlight the concern I'm streaming straight to YouTube compared to uh, my pin message. No, no, it's just pinning at the top of the of the chat. Don't mind me. I'm playing around with stuff because I need to learn 
the YouTube straight streaming stuff. Anyway, I digress. So the Cubs third base position, I'm watching. Plus, not to mention, he could factor in via the outfield, especially with, um, say, Suzuki dealing with a moderate oblique strain, I think was the quote from this morning. So you have that going for morale. But obviously, they have other players like um, like uh, Davis. like or, Yeah, Davis, where is he? Played yesterday. Hold on. Brent, Brendan Davis, thank you. Top prospect, come, return from injury. We're starting to show signs of life. So we have to see if he's truly healthy and how he performs in spring. Can he push his way onto the roster opening day? He is on the 40-man if memory serves. So he's a gay, he's a guy that's very that's very uh, flashy with the school with the tools and skill set as well. We just haven't seen him put together for long spurts because he always tends to get injured in the minors. We'll see how that turns out. A uh, couple pitcher notes. Um, a couple things worth mentioning in the pitching notes. Um, Mackenzie Gore has his velocity back, so that's good news because his his velo was down at the end of the year dealing with injury. He tried pushing his way back up. The Nationals shut him down, said no. Nationals brought him back in. He's working on his mechanics, cleaned him up. It seems to be a common theme with Mackenzie Gore. But his velo is back to that 95-mile-per-hour range, which is where he was when he was at his best last year. So it's good to see that he's healthy and doing well. We'll see how the off-speed offerings do. We saw him utilize him a little more than we saw overall last year in the first outing. Such a small sample, though. It's just We're just, again, we're at this point where we're just monitoring this stuff. Um, David Bednar, his velocity was down about a mile an hour plus. That's a big deal. Great closer, but and the Pirates lack other options. So even if he's his velocity is down or starts off low, I don't think Bednar is losing the job anytime soon. It's just a matter of will he be as elite or as strong of an option out of for fantasy purposes as last year. That's to be determined. It could be as simple as ramping up. Relief pitchers will ramp up faster anyway. So even if he's starting off a little low, he's somebody that caught my attention. I saw I noticed his velocity was a little low. And then Nathan Eovaldi, obviously that's the big news, pumping like 98, as we saw him hitting 98 on the on the, on the the what's called the gun at the stadium. So we have that going for him. All things considered, those were the big five I want to talk about today. Keeping these short and sweet to the point, so I appreciate you checking it out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. It goes a long way. Comment, players you want to hear more about, positions, anything you want to hear more about. I'm monitoring everything for the spring. You've, you got an idea of today. I'm not just monitoring lineup spots. I'm monitoring who's playing where. I'm monitoring platoon potentials. I'm obviously pitching notes I'm finding along the way, injury news, replacements, et cetera. So if you have a question, always comment. Gladly get to them as soon as I can, even do a separate video for them. But as always, uh, check me out on Twitter, Mike underscore Curland, the Patreon, patreon.com slash GT Fantasy. And uh, yeah, appreciate you checking it out. This, if you didn't catch the whole thing and you want to catch the audio version, I'm going to upload the audio version to the uh, Bases Loaded podcast feed later on. So this is going to be, again, two to three times a week, maybe more if I can get more out. But just hit a few hot spots in terms of uh, some notes and some situations I like each time. So, again, 